0: Young business leaders, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Evan Yutake, and I wanna welcome you to podcast number 133. Today, I am welcoming Casey Edwards. Casey is a certified life coach who helps women recover from binge eating, a fellow podcast host of the I Can't Wait to Tell You show, and a meditation coach. She helps people change their lives and create their realities to match their dreams by challenging their minds. Young business leaders, Casey Edwards. Casey, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for being here. I already read a little bit of a brief bio about yourself, but I always feel like that never does my guests justice. So if you can say hello to the audience and tell everybody a little bit about yourself.
1: All right. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Casey. I am out of Colorado. I actually road tripped the country for a few months. I am originally from Boston, Massachusetts, and I am a life coach that helps women to stop binge eating. I am a registered yoga instructor and a cycle bar instructor, and also podcast hosts. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're, you're constantly speaking into people's lives. It sounds like I mean, if you're thinking about like, especially the cycle instructor, I haven't done a lot of cycle classes, but this, it's not good for my confidence. Cause I feel like you guys are always yelling at me. So, uh, but I think that's awesome too, that you're, you're constantly kind of, uh, you know, putting into people, encouraging people, motivating people, challenging people. Uh, I mean, you're talking about helping people with food and and that kind of stuff. And that's, that's, I feel like that's probably people's biggest struggle is just that self-discipline and self-control. Can you talk a little bit about like what got you into that and and why you decided to go down that path?
1: Yeah. So in terms of energy and being in alignment with who I wanted to be, I had to really take a step back and say, what is draining me? Like, what is making me not the person I want to be? Cause I wasn't where I wanted to be. And it was eating and it was my body image and I hated my body. And, you know, I actually had too much (laughs) self-control I had far too much control. And then it would either lead to, you know, me losing a lot of weight and not looking healthy or, you know, it would flip flop. So I'd have, I'd try to have this control but it would end up with me on the other end of the stick where I would just be eating everything at once. And so I was like, wow. And that was, you know, 15 years of my life. I was on and off with different eating disorders of pretty much every kind. And when I realized, okay, I have got to change my mindset with all of this and it worked. I, that's when I switched my coaching over to specifically people who were also struggling with that because it's a lot of people who struggle
0: Well, I think it's definitely on the female side. I don't want to put people into too much of a category, but there's, there's, if we're looking at a bell curve, I believe that that's a big part of uh, your identity. I think guys go a little bit more towards their occupation is kind of Mm -hmm. where they put their, their identity. And I think on the ladies side, again, bell curve, like there's always going to be exceptions, but for the Mm -hmm. most part, uh, a lot of the identity is tied into that that body image. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on is because I know that some of the things that you do kind of started from some of that anxiety that you had, some of the challenges that you had kind of in your history and how you were able to overcome those things. But I think a lot of that was this self-created identity that you had or this almost um, uh, goal that you were constantly working towards, but there was never any satisfaction when you actually reach that. So the 99% of it was anxiety and worry and fear. And can you talk a little bit about like how that uh, journey was for you? Like what maybe got you on that and how you were able to get off of it?
1: Yeah, so I had anxiety for most of my adult life. And yes, it did stem originally from in high school, I was just I was a little bit heavier than everyone else. I was an athlete, but I was still a little bit bigger and it really messed with my head. I just thought I was only worthy if I was a certain pant size. And so that played into it. And then also I think that and again, I don't wanna, you know, put this blanket statement on our society, but it does tend to be a society where productivity, in air quotes, is the more you do, the better of a person you are, the more elite you are, the more money you'll have, all of this stuff. So not only did I feel like I had to look a certain way, I thought that I had to be doing all of the things all of the time. And so this illusion sets in of, oh my God, like I should be doing something. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And it was just this fear, this just like instinct. Insidious fear that was always going on and so for me i recognized that i couldn't live like that and i was like okay what can i do you know i worked out at the time i had a significant other i had a job it's not like i would, you know so i heard of meditation and at the, that time i was just kind of like you know what i'm just gonna go for it and it's scary because your mind the one that's causing the anxiety does not want to quiet down mm-hmm. but and you know I will say, for anyone listening who's thinking, I cannot meditate. Everyone says that. Every single person says that. I was that person. But when I was able to start being aware and witnessing my thoughts and stepping out of all of those needs and identities I placed on myself, my, my life changed. So yeah, yeah, I kind of got sick of my own crap and started meditating.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're listening right now, you're probably on the edge of your seat because I think what you just described is something that all levels of leadership deal with. It's I should be doing this. I need to perform this certain way. I either have this responsibility, self-perceived or actual. I mean, there's definitely instances where you have to perform and do certain things. Mm -hmm. But I think that comes with a weight. And I think that's where stress comes into play. I think that's where worry comes into play. And as a leader, you want to make sure that you're leading yourself well. Mm -hmm. And directly through that, you can lead other people well. And I think that's where the maybe the key to some of the stuff that you're talking about was when you started getting into that self-leadership, of stepping out of these perceptions of what you should be and into uh, identifying the best version of yourself or the best version of your leadership. Uh, Am I kind of on the right right line here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think too that I didn't realize it at the time, but I stopped asking, what do I want to do? What do I have to do? And I made the paradigm shift into how do I wanna feel? Like, why are we not asking ourselves that? You know, often when I talk to people, they could give me a a laundry list of things they want to do today, tomorrow, the next five years, the next 10 years. And then I say, but how do you want to feel? How do you feel? And they're like, what? (laughs) What Why are you, what do you mean? How do I want to feel? And it's like, we forget that this life is meant to be Filled with joy and love and abundance, and all of these feelings that, honestly, you know, a lot of us are kind of in a rat race, not on that spectrum of energy. And so, yeah, I think that for me, once I realized, A, I have to care how I feel, and then I started to learn, and it's everything I talk about that, how I'm feeling is how I will perceive reality. It's what I will attract into my experience. So, at the most fundamental level, how we feel this is going to be a big statement is more important than what we're doing. Because if mm. you're taking action, taking action, taking action from a place of lack and stress and worry and fear and uncertainty, that's all you're going to create and get back. So
0: that is a, that's a big statement. And I, and I I definitely want to make sure that uh, I'm unpacking as much of that as I possibly can. I think the first part about that is the decision of choosing how you feel. But if I'm going to, if I'm going to rewind a little bit, that also implies that you chose to have anxiety and you chose to be stressed and you chose to worry. So why do you think that you chose then to have those feelings and how then did you, obviously you did choose the new way to feel, act and, and, uh, and, and to be, what were some of the decisions that you made then that, and then what, what kind of, ch- um, uh, Uh, process did that, did that ignite?
1: Mm, Great question. So I do want to clarify when I did have anxiety and I was stressed and I was going through all of that, there was a lack of consciousness and awareness to what was going on. So Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is I didn't know that I wasn't my thoughts. I did not know that I could choose different thoughts and choose how I felt and choose my life. I was under the impression, like a lot of us are, you know, I've got to have a nine to five. Again, I've got to look this way. I've got to show up in this way. And I had no idea that I was the awareness behind the thoughts and everything going on in my body. And that's what meditation gave me. And that's when I realized, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to feel like this anymore and I can control it. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, first of all, just recognizing that we are not our thoughts because a lot of people don't realize that, that was still to this day the biggest epiphany I've ever had because Mm -hmm. I mean even you know when you think about it we're all lost in thought all the time and if you were to take a step back and be like are the thoughts that I'm thinking on a daily basis serving me serving my world serving the world making me a better person for me it was a hard no for so long And now that I have the awareness, yeah, of course, sometimes I'm thinking thoughts that are, you know, not great, but I will be like, oh, whoa, 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 I'm not going down that rabbit hole and I can stop myself. So I would say awareness, yeah, is the biggest key to starting that journey.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I want to, I want to talk about that a little bit because again, that's a big statement. We're not our thoughts. And I've had conversations with people about this in the past and usually like, the The conversation like goes like 10 times deeper just because mm-hmm. I feel like it unlocks a door. And when you're unlocking that door, you're sitting there going, all right, how do I know that I'm not my thoughts? Well, I have the ability to choose and analyze the thoughts that come into my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I can choose like if I'm hungry, I can like, that's, that's like an instinct. That's like my body's trying to tell me something. Mm-hmm. But if I'm also like, I want to go to the store or I don't want to go to the store, then I choose what, what things happen? Somebody explained it to me this way. If you're uh, if you're in a pool and you go underwater, yep. you're underwater, but all of a sudden there's this voice that just starts screaming, you can't breathe. You need to go up. And if you pull back for a second and be like, I'm thinking it like, I'm thinking this thing's talking to me. This voice is telling me I need to go up. So I'm not that because that thing is a thought that's come through my mind, but I have the decision of whether or not I go up or stay down. And I think that's where ultimately people start to maybe realize the bigger picture of how much control they actually have over their thoughts. And ultimately, the importance of not just assuming that your thoughts are you, therefore you're at the whim of your thoughts. Now you have control of your thoughts. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll offer another analogy that I love, um, on that same idea. The one that I read in, I believe the Untethered soul, it's a really great book. And he talks about, it's like a roommate. So if you were to truly sit and and listen to your thoughts in a non-attached way. So if you were truly to sit with your thoughts for 10 minutes, (laughs) <laughs> and if you were to picture your thoughts, like this entity, which is the mind, these thoughts, yeah. if you were to picture that as a roommate sitting next to you, let's say you're sitting on the couch you sit down and the roommate's like, kind of want pizza. No, I no, yeah, pizza the other night. I shouldn't have pizza. Maybe I'll make a salad. I did want to lose five pounds, but no, you know what? Should I even be watching TV? I should have done laundry. I'm going to go do laundry now. Then I'll order the pizza, watch TV. Like... <laughs> If you were to hear your thoughts as a roommate, you'd be like, Are you okay? I want to not be near you. (laughs) Insane, you know? And so it's just starting to recognize that, right, we're not those thoughts. And the only thoughts that we should or could be giving our energy to are the good thoughts. So, you know, say you have an event in three months, you have the option leading up to that event to either think this is going to go well, I'm going to rock this, everyone's going to love me, or everyone's going to hate me. I'm going to bomb this. I don't know if I'm even worthy to be speaking and you're choosing your reality just by choosing the thoughts, you'll think for those three months. So, yeah.
0: I think that that's, um, I think that's, A little bit of a a success nugget right there, because we talk a lot about in just leadership goal setting and writing the importance of writing down your goals and the importance of staying focused and the importance of, uh, in some cases, allowing your subconscious to work on your behalf. And I think that when we're analyzing our thoughts and we're in situations where we know that there's some sort of thing that we have to do coming up. Uh, And also knowing that there is just a pollution of thoughts in your mind that you have to differentiate the good thoughts from the bad thoughts. If you don't have that goal written down, if you haven't already decided this is the path that I want to take. These are the things that I want to do. You'll, you'll get lost in the, in the muck of everything else and you won't be able to achieve what you want to achieve. And so I've always uh, wondered when I, when I would talk to people, uh, how they would always hammer on, you got to write down your goals. You got to write down your goals. You got to write down your goals. But I think, kind of pulling back from it a step and, and recognizing just how much is going on inside your, your brain. And if you have that tangible visual reminder of what are my good thoughts and what are the things that are going to subconsciously draw me in that direction, I think that's where you're really starting to tap into, again, leading yourself well and achieving the goals that you set out for you to where right now you may not think that that goal is achievable, but you're going to be getting closer and closer and closer to that goal once you've written it down. And that's why that success rate is so high.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I actually the other day wrote down I wrote down two lists one of the thoughts that the higher version of myself, the best version of myself thinks. And also on the back, I wrote down the thoughts that the smaller version of myself, you know, the shadow self or whatever you want to call it, what that version of me thinks, because having both of those in front of me, it was really good to see, okay, you know, so still for me, I still sometimes have thoughts that are a little disordered with eating. So, you know, skip a meal. That's the smaller version of me. And if I yeah. have that written out and I expect that, what does the, the bigger version of me do? I, of course I eat. I nourish my body. So yeah, I think that's important. And in terms of having goals and having them in your mind and doing that visualization, your brain doesn't know the difference between a reality happening in your physical realm with your five senses or one happening in your mind. Mm-hmm. So the more that you picture that reality, the more you become that person, it's how manifestation works. It's how you can, you know, take these quantum leaps to become that version of you. Because quite frankly, yeah, like you said, if I was that me who reached that goal, would I be thinking these thoughts? No, probably mm-hmm. not. So yeah, absolutely. to what you said.
0: Yeah, I was, as I was kind of thinking about like this conversation, I was kind of um, drawn to the, the term brainstorming and i think that brainstorming is a really cool creative process but i don't know that we've actually separated when it's a good time to brainstorm and when your brain is just storming <laughs> and and you're you're just thinking okay this is for being creative and making decision it's a reliable tactic to do but ultimately what you talked about earlier, where your brain is a roommate that's just constantly drawn in all these different places. I think that's where the brainstorming tactic as just deciding what to do for your life and deciding what to do, like, like on a whim or whatever else, that's where it can become dangerous because I think that um, if, if you think technically and consciously and, and brainstorm that way, it's great. But subconsciously and and allowing it to control your thought process and every decision that you make, that's where it can be dangerous. And I think that's where people get overwhelmed. I've never really dealt with maybe the level of the, of, of anxiety that you, you have. But I think that the, the times that I have been worried or been fearful or had anxiety, it was because I created the worst case scenario or multiple worst case scenarios in my brain because it was just, it was just rolling. It was brainstorming to the negative. It was worry. And I think that's where it can be really dangerous to, uh, to take maybe something that, uh, you know, you put a positive spin on, you know, it's good to brainstorm. It's good to be creative. It's good to think of of those things, but I don't think that's the only way to make decisions and think. And I think that's where we need to maybe separate that process from maybe our leadership thought process, maybe from, you know, our, decision-making process in general, like maybe start the creative process to brainstorm, to, you know, get all the options, but then as you narrow it down, you can't, you can't brainstorm in a final decision. You have to, you have to funnel that down to where you're, you're starting to look at the pros. You're starting to look at the cons. You're starting to look at, you know, what's the impact, what are these other things? And that's when we're no longer in the brainstorming phase. Now we're in the decision-making phase. And I think that most leaders need to differentiate decision-making versus brainstorming in terms of how they lead themselves and how they lead their teams.
1: Mm, Yeah. I would say there's kind of a two, maybe three part answer to to all of that. I would think, I would say that, first of all, we have to recognize that the ego, this thought process going on in the head, this Mm -hmm. is... A mechanism in our brain that was originally intended for us to stay safe. It was there to help us in fight or flight situations. It was there to keep us safe when tigers were going to be chasing after us. And it evolved now into this entity that if you're not thinking, it knows that it's losing its power. So it's going to draw you in at any cost. It's going to draw you in by saying, let's make a decision. Let's think about this. Let's take this action. That's, again, that's your mind. That's not who Mm. you are. And I would say that, again, it comes down to we must use our emotions as a barometer. So if you are feeling really good and calm and at ease and in a state that you would want for the world and that you would want for your life, you would want more of it in your life, and then you have a thought. And it feels good to act on it. That's very different than being in these high beta waves, these high brainwave states where you know, you're know you pumping coffee, you're in these fight or flight, these high brainwaves. And that's where we're making the decisions from, again, in the name of what? Being productive, right? So the third part comes in. So the first part is recognizing that, yes, the ego is going to want to draw you in with thought, but its job is to keep you safe. So it's gonna not always be thinking thoughts that you wanna make a decision from. And two, using your emotions as a barometer. How would that feel? How do I feel now as I'm making this decision? You know, it's little things even. Are you angry when you're sending a text? You know, we've all had our parents say like, you know, sleep on it before you answer because you always wake up less pissed off. But you know, a lot of us are kind of making decisions and taking action from the mind. Which is limited and is honestly just fear based. And so that's why meditation is really important because, honestly, yeah, you know, it helps you function at a higher level. So, in terms of if you want to be productive, meditation is very good for clarity and for productivity. But also, when you slow down the mind and you're not thinking thousands and thousands of thousands of thoughts, it is so much easier to choose the thought that you know is right to act on because it will feel inspired. It will feel good. Mm-hmm. So that was a multi, multi answer, yeah. but.
0: Well, yeah. I want, so, so I want to dig a little deeper into that. So okay. uh, essentially what you're doing is uh, you're, you're quieting everything around you. So mm-hmm. environment, I think is important to this. Yeah. Um, you're limiting distractions, which were not in the best world right now for <laughs> limiting distractions it, it seems like they're everywhere and i and there's so many outlets for that but we'll get into that here in a little bit so mm-hmm. you get the right environment you limit distractions and then you're, you're 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 trying to create space in your mind to where you're just clearing all the thoughts and you're trying to to calm the mind down yeah. and and then what so 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 talk a little bit about that because i know that i hear a lot of people talk about the importance of meditation and the importance of Creating that space, but for you, what does that process actually look like? Can you walk us through that?
1: Yeah, so for me, it looks like so I meditate every single day, and either in the meditation or after, I have like a calm but excited clarity as to what I want to do. It doesn't make me feel stressed, it doesn't make me feel anxious, I don't feel overwhelmed. That's how I used to feel all the time, and Mm -hmm. the reason for that is because, again. It is great to be in these high beta brainwave states, and it's good to be in the mind when we need to be. If we're doing finances, if we're analyzing something, if we need to think about logistics, if we're in a meeting, like a a high-intensity meeting, yes, the brain is wonderful for that. But like I alluded to, we are not the mind. We are not the brain. We are something far deeper, far greater, far more extensive. So- Mm -hmm we all have this innate knowing if you want to call it your soul inner being intuition whatever you want to call it and i started recognizing that to tap into that that innate wisdom i've got to be in these slower more conducive brain waves to what i want to happen so when you get down into the alpha and into the theta you're in the realm of like your intuition and what you really want and it's such a different feeling and from there again like the action that i feel is always inspired and and there's always less to do than my mind will make me think. Mm -hmm. So I like making lists and everything just as much as the next person for sure. But often when I meditate or when I journal, it's like, listen, there's not as much to do as your mind is making you think because when's the last time you went and watched the sunset? When's the last time you just relaxed? When's the last time you you allowed yourself to just really be you know we're human beings but we're being human doings and so mm-hmm. for me it's just if i feel myself creeping into that stress i will literally drop everything and meditate like if i was supposed to do work for 2 hours i will meditate first anytime because i if i'm taking action out of misalignment then to me that's just silly because that's what i'm going to put into the world and get back so yeah i just prioritize slowing my mind down and tapping into you know who I really am and where I really want to operate from,
0: yeah, uh, let me just say this this is really weird doing a podcast about this because i'm I feel like I'm flowing in and out of <laughs> of my <laughs> thoughts and and what I'm gonna say, and like yeah. so and like it's definitely different when we're talking about it, and like I'm processing what you're saying in addition to like my own thought process <laughs> and then and then you know my soul uh kind of doing what it's doing, so it's uh, I just had a moment there where I was like, whew, there's a lot going on. Um, <laughs> one one of the things that really uh, was standing out to me as you were talking uh, was um, differentiating your thoughts, finding that that space to where you're able to, um, you know, tie some of that positive energy and emotions to like the things that you actually want to do that's kind of in line with who you are. Um and maybe I'm reading too deeply into this, but when someone talks to me about the importance of focus mm-hmm. and they're talking about uh, you, know, you know following one course until success or just the ability to stay on one thing all the way through to the end, it sounds to me like focus is essentially what you determine you want to do, and it's ignoring all of those thoughts and distractions that are pulling you all those different uh, directions that slows you down and doesn't allow you to either create or solve or, or be or do, because it's just that constant battle. And when you have that self discipline, to silence a lot of that stuff, and you're able to really uh, operate effectively through focus, that you're actually exercising, essentially, what you were That awareness that you're talking to uh, the the thing that you want to do, that's where focus comes into play. Is am I going too deep with that, or does that make sense?
1: No, you nailed it. I mean, so energy flows where attention goes. Mm -hmm. So if your attention is sporadically scattered in fifty different facets of your life, you'll do okay in all of those realms, which is fine. You know, if you want to just do a lot of things okay or (laughs) or mediocrily, that's fine. But if you do have that big vision goal and you focus on it all the time, and then, you know, this is actually something I'm starting to work on is, like I said, I might be doing less, but I'm focusing more. And Mm. again, when you go into the focus of that end goal and just navigate from that place, you are becoming that person because A, again, the mind does not know the difference between reality in your mind or reality in the physical world. And B, you're at the energetic frequency of that person and you know it's funny because i think that some people call this like woo woo or out there but if you look into anything einstein said this is all he talks about is Mm -hmm. everything is energy and that's all there is to it match the frequency of the reality you want and you cannot help but get it this is not philosophy this is physics so this is Mm -hmm. how it works like focus on who you want to be focus on that end goal, and send your attention there even if that means you know I've started time blocking or, you know, just at least a few minutes a day, even if the goal that you have has nothing to do with, like, say you do have a nine to five and that's totally fine, but you Mm -hmm. have an end goal of something far greater. You at least spend 10 minutes sitting in the feeling of it and picturing Mm -hmm. it and imagining it because that's the other part of our mind that we don't use. How many people use it to imagine? The, the great people do Michael Jordan did <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he just always used his imagination to you know picture himself winning games, and so, yeah, focus is extremely important, yeah
0: yeah, and I can see where like the other side would and and definitely the the younger version of myself would go, this is just hocus pocus, like <laughs> you know uh, like hippie stuff like you 're sitting there going like ah, you know, we 're all energy, and we 're all vibrating in different directions. Like I can, I can definitely see where like the objections would be on a lot of that stuff. But on the other side, when you start talking about, um, you start talking about the your reticular activator in your brain, your subconscious mind. You start talking about maybe even thinking about your mind as like a tool not just like who you are, but you actually can assign it things to do. And that's where it'll start creating and it'll start doing those things. But you have to get to the point where you have, again, and, and I'm, I think that self-discipline is, is is really kind of interwoven into all of this. You have to uh, get to the point where you can uh, tame your mind to do the things that you want it to do as opposed to letting it dictate what you do. It's kind of the the tail wagging the dog kind of mentality. And I I think our mind is a lot of times a a poor leader, but when you've trained it and when you've uh, really invested in that discipline of staying focused and doing what you want to do, I think that's where we start getting into uh, where our mind can be a powerful uh, resource for us. For intuition, right? Like intuition is your mind's done all these things and 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 in an instant has analyzed a ton of data and it gives you that like this is what I need to this is what you need to do. This exactly aligns with everything, but it's it's already like just within a glance or a sentence or a tone of somebody's voice or some of their body language, you can decipher that quickly because you've disciplined your mind to say, these are the things to look for, and it can essentially take all that information in and spit out a result to you right away and say, your intuition says that this is a good thing and you should move on it. And then you can actually start trusting your brain, trusting your mind and, and allowing that to make you an effective decision maker. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's you, so well put because eventually, yeah, you totally get to the point where I can tell when something is coming. So when I either feel something or just know something or even have a thought, like hear it in my head, I know if it's intuition or my mind. And what I want to say to that though, is that it will take practice. So with the self-discipline, just know that let's use the gym as an example. You want to become someone who goes to the gym every single day. And Mm -hmm. it might take a long time to where you get to that point. And even if you become someone who goes to the gym every day, and it's been 20 years, you still might have a thought, once in a while of, I don't want to go to the gym. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and and you might be like, how do I still think these thoughts of that? You know, like they just, it's the, these residual thoughts from the past. But the, the important emphasis on that is when those thoughts come up, do not give them any energy or attention or focus, let it go. So Mm -hmm. what I used to do was make the mistake of think, I would think, why did I think that thought? Why am I having these thoughts still? What, why did I think that? Should I not go to the gym? You know, you give so much attention to it and then bam, you're sucked right back in. So just Mm -hmm. know that the thoughts will always be there. But again, it's not trying to decipher the ones you don't like. It's not giving attention to the ones you don't like. That's the self-discipline and just knowing that, you know, I can think whatever I want. I could go down that rabbit hole, but I'm not going to give it literally any attention. It's just like a balloon passing by that. I'm not going to grab. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right. Are you ready to go another level deeper?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Okay. Can, <laughs> can you can you differentiate for me mm-hmm. self-discipline
1: mm-hmm.
0: versus habits?
1: Hmm. I would say I think that a habit is different than self-discipline because, I mean, so say you want to start a habit. So for me, meditation wasn't just something I was like, yeah, I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes every day. My mind was like, absolutely not. Right. So it takes self-discipline to instill a habit. But what I will say is that when you're becoming the the this new version of you that you want to be in, it, that might be in like a very magnanimous way where like this – or grandiose way where you have this new career in your mind and you're this new person. Or it could be something as little as, yeah, again, you go to the gym every day. You have to remind yourself that I want to do this. That's the most important part of self-discipline that will make something a habit. Because when you start going to the gym every day, you want to in your heart. You do. You made that decision but your mind is going to say no i don't want to that's hard we don't want to do that and the simple act of saying no it's it's fun in a weird way i do want to do this this is who i want to be that will help you to you know self discipline but you know not even discipline but regulate yourself and it goes for anything you know meditation or even just being a new person in your relationships i'm not that person anymore So I want to feel better. I want to make my partner feel better. So I'm never going to react when they come at me in an argument. I'm just going to say, why do you feel that way? Let's talk about it. Like, it's just reminding yourself, I want to do this. I like this. This is better for me. Because I think that when we're so hard on ourselves and we're like (laughs) self-discipline, actually, you know, David Goggins,
0: I do, yeah. Well yeah. I mean, yeah, I know who he is and and just like I, I just feel like a crappy person after I listen to him. I'm like I'm like this guy is this guy is so just mentally tough and I'm just like this big old wuss.
1: Yes. Totally. Yeah. So anyone listening who doesn't know him, he was a former SEAL and he is, he just goes for like 200 mile runs in like 30 degree weather with no shirt on. And, you know, (laughs) that is, if you want to go that route, like, yes, self discipline and be hard on yourself. But for most of us, we just have to remind ourselves, like, this is not a big deal. I'm just going to do this. Everything's going to be fine. Because again, the old you is going to try anything it can to stop you from doing it. But if you remind yourself that you want to do it, nothing will stop you because you'll right. be like, that's right. So I think yeah. he was
0: the one that said like, when, like right now, like if you were to go do something and you were to tell me that you were, you were giving a hundred percent, you were actually only given about 60. <laughs> you still got 40 more percent that you haven't even t- tapped into because right. your mind is so weak. Like it's just yeah. it's yelling at you to stop, yelling at you to stop, yelling at you to stop. I'm not a guy that has an aspiration to run a Mm. marathon. Um, but if I did, like, I, I know what it takes for me to just even run five miles. So getting, getting to the point where I can tame my mind to just not tell me to stop, not tell me to stop, not tell me that I'm tired, not tell me that, Oh, that last breath was a little sharp. You Mm. probably should slow down. You're doing damage. It's, 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 it's going to take a lot for me to get there. I don't know that that's a goal of mine. Um, but, partly just because I don't want to be the guy that brags about running a marathon. But at the same time, I think that, uh, I think that the reason people make that a goal is because that is uh, a huge exercise in self-discipline and a huge exercise in uh, changing who you are, because I've seen the entire spectrum of people that have run a marathon and you can't tell me that it's impossible to run a marathon given whatever your circumstance aside Mm -hmm. from paralysis and maybe some other things, but I've seen amputees run marathons. Mm -hmm. I've seen people who were 300 pounds run a marathon. I've seen just men, women, kids, I mean, you name it, Uh, they've gone and they've done it because they were mentally tough and they overcame their obstacles Talking about habits and talking about self-discipline, the way that I kind of pictured it in my mind was self-discipline is a mold it's yeah. it's kind of like where you're uh, I think of like a like a metal so you you pour hot metal into this mold and the metal will just seep out if that mold's not solid it's not created it's not like it doesn't have that structure. but the longer that mold stays on there and the more that that metal cools, you eventually remove the mold and the whatever you're trying to do can stand on itself. And that's what the habit is. The habit is the hardening of that material inside of the self-disciplined mold, at which point that becomes a habit and that becomes a tangible trait that you've decided of what you want it to be. You can still melt that back down again so you can undo that habit. You can reprogram it to be something else. But I think there's a lot of subconscious habits that we've created, uh, unintentional uh, habits that we've created. So whether it's we choose to eat every night uh, late at night or we choose to drink too much or we choose to not exercise or we choose to do whatever it is that we have gotten us to where we are today. So we have all of these molds already, these habits that we've created. So now what we got to do is if we want to change who we we are we decide hey I want to get out of what this is and I want to get into the new thing we need to create a self-discipline mold of what we want that to be and then we start mm-hmm. melting those habits down and getting them soft and overcoming those through self-discipline and through focus and everything else and then we pour that in there and then over time allow that that self-discipline mold to harden uh, the metal inside of it to create that new habit, and that's how we we get through it. It's not a a single day process. It's not a you know a, a ten day process. It's it, it's an ongoing consistency of that structure and and putting yourself in that structure, that self discipline that will create that product that you're trying to strive towards that goal that you're trying to attain.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, and I think that something that might seem like counterintuitive to everything that you just said, but it's something for us to realize is that, you know, it will be challenging, but it doesn't have to be this like grueling thing. So we always think of change or, you know, even self-discipline in itself has like this connotation of like, okay, you know, I'm not going to eat cake for two weeks or I'm going to do this for six months or whatever, you know, I'm going to train for a marathon. But just recognizing like, I am signing up for this challenge. I, again, I want this. And knowing that like, it doesn't have to be this like (laughs) agonizing thing if we don't make it, you know, again, Mm -hmm. it's like the mind will make it this chaotic thing where if you were to sit in the morning and hone into that focus, like we talked about, and that version of yourself, it would feel so much easier, but because we're allowing the minds to run amok, that's when it really becomes this, you know, trekking through the mud kind of thing where the less that we think about it, honestly, the easier it'll be. So yeah, just as an aside. <laughs> just as an aside, I'm just gonna keep reminding everyone to think less <laughs> about <Yeah. laughs> it. Think less. <laughs>
0: well yeah, you want to you want you want to create that space so that you can cut through the clutter. And I think even in that that habit forming process that that meditation of you know refocusing realigning re relooking at like silencing those thoughts mm-hmm. uh, that's going to accelerate that process of creating that habit and that's going to accelerate that process of creating that kind of person that you want to be at the beginning of this conversation you know, we talked about how anxiety kind of ruled who you were i, I would say that you took that on as an identity of mm-hmm. like, I am an, uh, I'm a person who suffers from anxiety. And if I get in these situations, I have anxiety because of X, Y, and Z. So you just basically acknowledged and gave yourself permission to do those things by saying that. And at some point you changed that. You decided I'm not that kind of person. I don't want to decide to do those things. I don't even know why I do it in the first place. And you just said, I just, I I want to be, A person who's free of anxiety. So what does that person look like? And you started focusing on those things and you started walking in that direction to where you were starting to create the person that you are today. And I think that that's for people listening and, and just for me in general, it's, it's, it's that struggle of, you know, I'm a victim of my circumstances. I I'm not I'm not the kind of person that could, you know, get that kind of job or or do that kind of thing because I don't have X, Y, and Z. But I think you got to change your focus to I am that kind of person, or I need to work to accomplish these things so that I can be that kind of person. I can start walking in that direction, and you're no longer giving yourself the permission to be a failure. You're giving yourself the reasons why you are a success and you will start to become that. You, you said a very important phrase uh, earlier. We are human beings uh, in, in, and not just human doings. I think that importance of being mm-hmm. like, if I were to step back from that and just say, what does it mean to just be me? Like, what is, mm-hmm. what is the full version of myself? And a couple of years ago, I probably couldn't answer that question. I probably didn't have, like a clear vision of, of who I am or, or what I was, but it's because I didn't de- I hadn't decided who I was. I was allowing outside influences to say, you're good at this. You, you excel. you, I see this in you and which is great. I mean, and people will see those things in you, but I had to just so- at some point decide who I was going to be and what I wanted to do and who I, who I wanted to be. And I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a space right now where I know there's more. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what it is yet. But I'm going to keep taking steps in those directions because I know that there's greater things that I'm capable of. And I need to prepare myself so that when that happens, they say there's no such thing as luck. Luck is where preparation meets opportunity. I'm preparing myself for that next step so that when I step into that, when my subconscious shows me, hey, you know, intuition, this is a good thing that you need to step towards, all of those things are aligning me towards what some would call luck. But the intuition has shown me the opportunity and the preparation has allowed me to step into it.
1: Mm, Yeah. I think that that's super important. And I will say too that something that I used to do, and I know that a lot of people do this, was I was so focused on the next step that I was forgetting that right now where I'm at is exactly what I wanted a little while ago. So I would say (laughs) that, (laughs) like, like, preparation meets appreciation i think is the ooh would be like the cocktail for success because mm. you know a lot of us are striving from a place of lack in terms of once i have this car once i have this partner once i get to the next step i could like always forward thinking forward momentum but like what if we took a moment to recognize how beautiful this moment is, this reality is. Because a lot of us in that forward thinking are missing what is right now and there is nothing else besides what is right now. There is nothing else besides the present moment. Everything in this illusion of what might come is just something that, of course, yes, we can manifest those and create those, but if we can do that, like we've talked about, like you just said, that preparation, but if we can mix that with the appreciation of what I have and who I am right now, that level, gratitude's the highest energy that we can resonate at. So if we're at that level, that frequency while preparing, yeah, I do have this goal, but right now I'm so inexplicably happy as well, just because, just because I have food in my belly, just because I get to watch the sunset, just because that I think is the key to everything.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I couldn't agree. I'm glad you brought that up because I think sometimes we get so focused on the goal and where we want to go mm-hmm. that, that, that we don't recognize that the journey is just as important as the final product. And in some cases, the journey is what shapes you. But when, whenever we talk about the good old days, right, that's part of the journey. Mm-hmm. I'm in the good old days right now. It's just, I'm in the current days, but mm-hmm. e- eventually these will be good old days. And I'll look back from, you know, 10, 15 years uh, in my future and say, Hey man, I remember when I was doing this and and how, how fulfilled I was in that, how much I enjoyed that. And, and like the time with my kids and, and just, you know, enjoying the, watching them learn something, watching them enjoy something. And I think that that is a really important element uh, just because you still have a choice in it. You, you can choose to have gratitude and you can choose to reflect. And I think that's part of the meditative process is gratitude and, and, and just being thankful for all that you currently have. And it could just be as simple, like, I'm just grateful that I woke up today. Like it, it could just be as simple as that. But I think if you dug a little bit deeper, you would see that there's a lot of things that we have to be thankful for and grateful for. And if you bring that on your journey, that's where you're going to start getting fulfillment in whatever you do. And I feel like that fulfillment is a thing that we talk about. Uh, and But we never put actual weight in it because I think that sometimes we're so focused on the the income, the title, the client, you know, ha- having whatever it is that accomplishment that we're, we're, we're striving for. But I've seen too many people achieve what they wanted and not find fulfillment in it. And I think that you can find fulfillment Every single day in every single thing that you do and have that, hap- that happiness uh, that, that people are always searching for when they're trying to find success. But instead, they see that, that the destination isn't what they thought it was. And now they're starting to find ways to cope with the, uh, the sadness that they have, the depression that they have, the anxiety that they have. So they start to self-medicate. They start to um, try to numb themselves because they're not finding what they thought in the success they had, they're actually finding that it's just a grind and I'm just plowing through this and I'm, and I don't feel like a part of this and whatever else. And that's where they start getting into the negative side of things. So, so much in this topic uh, that I feel like I've gone on like three or four different rabbit trails, but man, I I appreciate you taking the time to kind of dig into this because I think these are things like when we're talking about leadership and self-leadership, we don't think about it. We think about like, how do I, How do I present myself? How do I uh, communicate effectively? How do I make the right decisions? How am I ethical in the things that I do? But we don't necessarily talk about like that battlefield of the mind where we're constantly trying to make the right decision and and fight off all the different distractions.
1: Yeah, I think that... Like you were saying, I mean, I think that some people don't realize that, you know, life isn't a means to an end, but that's kind of how some people are living for that success, for that next thing. When this happens, then I'll be happy playing the when then game, right? We've all been there. Mm -hmm. But what we have got to realize, and maybe the most important thing we can realize is the destination is right here, right now. And then right here, right now. And right here, right now. There is no thing, no place in time, no person. There is nothing outside of you that you need. There are things you can want, but mm-hmm. the happiness that you want, it's inside. The success that you want, it's inside. Everything you need is inside of you. If you were to wow. sit and just take a second and really drop in, you would feel it all and be like, oh my God. And it's that coming home. And yes, of course we can do amazing things. We are meant to be on this planet to expand and evolve. And we will, that will naturally happen, but we cannot miss out on what is at the expense of hoping that a different moment will provide more because there's nothing else that you need. You have it all. So just taking at least a few moments a day to sit in your breath and to sit with yourself and to realize, wow, Like, I'm going to come home to myself. I'm going to come into this present moment (laughs) outside of the mind, outside of the to do lists, outside of it all. Because honestly, you know, not to be cliche, what if you didn't get tomorrow? What if that thing didn't work out? Would you be okay? Yeah, you would, because life is wonderful. We didn't come here just to work. Again, you will expand. That's. What happens as human beings? We expand physically, we get bigger, and spiritually, (laughs) emotionally, we get bigger. (laughs) But we've got to bring ourselves back. And you know, it's a work in progress coming out of the mind and into the moment, but it's so important. You know, what can I smell right now? What can I taste? What can I touch, hear, see? That's a good way to bring yourself into the present moment. And you'll be like, wow, I've never, I've lived in this house six years and I've never sat in this chair and just taken a moment to appreciate, right? So just knowing. Yes. All of the things, all of the things are amazing. We're all chasing all of the things for sure, but there is nothing better than this moment.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you for, for taking the time to kind of share all of that, because I think that uh, we just need to be reminded of it. I think mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, when was the last time we kind of sat down and thought about you know, who we are and, and where our happiness comes from and the things that we have to be grateful for and, and just the, the, the gratitude for the journey that we've been on and yeah. how we've been able to evolve. And and so I, th- I think it's really important that we continue to highlight those things. I want to uh, bring it back to leadership just a little bit, and then we'll wrap this up. Um, yep. But, but I think that the, uh, the thing that kind of weighs on me a little bit is, you know, I love having these kinds of conversations, but these are not always just a like a surface level conversation that you have when, when you're a leader, this is something that kind of gets a little bit deeper. It gets, you have to kind of uh, you know, have, time to, to really go through this with somebody. Uh, Do you have like resources or or recommendations on like ways that you can start to bring up topics like this with your team uh, so that you can maybe start inspiring others to start thinking a little bit deeper than, you know, maybe their, their present need or, or their present distraction?
1: Mm, I mean, If you're, so if you're a leader and you have a team, I would say first and foremost, check in with yourself. How am I making my team feel on a daily basis? So starting with you, what am I doing? what am i what example am i setting right so you could be talking the talk but are you actually walking the walk so i mean honestly i really couldn't recommend enough for anyone who's a leader bringing in a meditation teacher and mm-hmm. having people start to utilize their minds in a different way and starting to cultivate a healthier and more fun dynamic i mean we all want to work at google because they have these little booths where you can nap and they have meditation spaces <laughs> and they have snacks like goals so yeah i would say that you know, it really, again, I know it seems simplistic, everything I'm saying, but it just comes down to how am I making others feel? How do they feel in this environment? Like, you could be a leader and help people be productive and you could crush numbers, but if you're someone who that person's gonna go home to and complain about to their wife, you're not doing your job. That's it. Or like you're not doing it. (laughs)
0: Dropping some truth today. That was, wow, we took the gloves off.
1: (laughs) Getting right to it. Spirituality Uh, hat off.
0: Oh man. Well, uh, I always give my guests an opportunity to kind of speak directly to the audience. And and really the audience is that younger version of yourself, that person that was just getting started in their leadership journey, just getting started outside of maybe academia and stepping into the real world and recognizing that there's a little bit more here that that I I'm I'm not either prepared for or I I just I know that I need to start investing in myself. What would you say to that? that young business leader that's tuning in and asking themselves that question.
1: First of all, I would let them know that they're worthy right now. I think that a lot of us spend a lot of time thinking, you know, having imposter syndrome as a, mm-hmm. as a young leader, as a young business person, entrepreneur, you have that imposter syndrome of who am I to do this? Right. So first I would say you are worthy. And second, I would say, yeah, just chase your dreams, go after your dreams, become that version of yourself and have fun while doing it. I mean, again, yeah, we can work, 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 but you've got to be living your joy. So I would say you are worthy and do what you love, truly do what you love and everything else will unfold from there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, Casey, thank you for taking the time to share your heart, share your experience, be a little bit vulnerable, talk about maybe some of the the, the challenges that you've had in your past because I think that ultimately true leaders recognize that you can't always lead through perfection, you have to lead sometimes through imperfection and having that vulnerability and that willingness to share those times when you've struggled and, and, and the, the, the the thought process you've had to go through, uh, I think helps tear down that imposter syndrome and tear down some of those things that says, well, of course, Casey could get over anxiety and of course she could get over all those things now. Like she's, you know, she's doing all these amazing things now and that that just came naturally to her. But I think that sometimes to see the behind the curtain and see the process, I think that that gives people confidence and it gives them hope that in their situation and in their leadership journey that they can find their own path and really uh, focus in on who they were created to be. Casey, how do people connect with you? How do they follow up with you? I know you said you have a podcast. I want to make sure you talk about that a little bit. Uh, How do people find you?
1: Yeah, so my podcast is called I Can't Wait to Tell You. Sometimes when I tell people that, they're like, oh, what's your podcast? And I'm like, I can't wait to tell you. And they kind of look at me and I'm like, yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's true. That has That is a few times. So I can't wait to tell you. And then probably on Instagram, everything that you would need from me on Instagram at Casey underscore Edward. I'm pretty responsive in my DMs. And yeah, that's also connected to my binge free life. That's where I help women to overcome binge eating. So I would say Instagram is probably the best bet.
0: Fantastic. I'll put the links for your Instagram profile uh, in the notes. So make sure that you check that out. Uh, Casey, again, thank you for, for being on this. Thank you for being a part of this podcast and speaking into that next generation of business leaders. Listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development, and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast.